tired. So tired. Overtired. Hello, everybody. Hello, you there in the kitchen and you there in your car. You there the in rain, the bushes. The rain drip dripping on your windshield. In the bushes. Ew. <laughs> Is that like a USB speaker situation? One of those little ones? Yes. I am Jeff Severns Gunsel, one of three hosts of the Overtired Podcast, although only two hosts are here for the first few minutes. One of them is Brett Terpstra. Hello, Jeff. And Christina's uh, Taylor Swifting. She's yeah, getting tickets. Let, let me read you. Uh, Christina's last message in our in our group chat says, start without me. I've got to get tickets for my mom. Mm. Been there. I've never I, been there. I've never been there. That's not true. I bought my mom and I tickets for a Parliament Funkadelic show in Chicago about five or... 10 years ago, <laughs> five or my ten. first, my first concert was my mom and her boyfriend took me to the Met Center here in Minnesota in Bloomington and uh, where the Mall of America now stands. And we went and saw uh, the, the Parliament Funkadelic and I was like five years old. It was my you got first the P-Funk? I got no memories. Yeah. The band wait, lives in me. Wait, you were young enough that you have no memories, but you bought the tickets? No, 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 no. Come on now. Focus. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Bought the tickets. I I bought it right away. I bought the tickets for five to ten years ago when we saw Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, in honor of and as a thank you for taking me in 19. My God. Yeah, I'm super scattered today. Like you started talking, and I just immediately, just immediately left the room. I'm sorry. It's uh, not personal. It's not. I'm familiar with this response. (laughs) One time, I was I was upset that. My partner had forgotten something that I had told her. And and I said, I, I mean, it was important. I told you, know, I told you. And, and, and she goes, but you say so much. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, touche. You won My, that round. Right before this episode, I had a therapy appointment. And it struck me that my therapist remembers stuff we've talked about. Like, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. remember ter- telling my therapist all kinds of things. And he's like, well, a couple weeks ago, you mentioned this person and and your relationship in this regard. And I was like, really? We talked about that? Holy shit. Um, but I also appreciate about my therapist that I can change the topic whenever I get bored and he'll just track with me. He's like, mm-hmm. OK, we're talking about this now, which is like having a conversation with an ADHD person who's perfectly willing to jump when you jump. Well, it's also um, like, it's like, I, w- I would imagine if you're a therapist and your client is sort of suddenly bouncing out of a topic, that that's data. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Scratching the notepad. I see. Um, cannot maintain a train of thought. Yeah. I had a therapist for about five years and um, who was absolutely incredible at, at holding my story and was able to call back to conversations four years, three years previous in really meaningful, very timely ways. And all she had were handwritten notes. And I just thought that was so, I mean, it felt so good. And in fact, it made it, she retired, which is why I stopped seeing her as a therapist. But like, it was sad to leave just for that reason. Yeah. Selfishly, you know, because it felt like, oh, you've, <laughs> you know, so much, you know, maybe more <laughs> than any other person on earth about me. <laughs> yeah. And you're just going to retire. What's this about? Um, but it is a good <laughs> but feeling. I still need you. <laughs> I still need you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, that's my deal. Should we do uh should we do mental health corner or should we hope that christina jumps in any second now yeah you want to talk uh, mental health corner should we walk over here to the corner come on over yeah Brett. come here's on there's a little stool for you it's green i went to a preschool called Pooh corner no um after winnie the Pooh. yeah what? not not you know <laughs> oh not poo poo yeah no <laughs> I, I was tracking not- but I, actually it's really good you clarified not poop corner, but uh, yeah, at our graduation, there were posters of uh, Winnie and Piglet and 
I definitely grew up with a fascination for Winnie the Pooh. Did you ever see, this is kind of mental health corner because this is the recesses of my brain, but did you ever see the more recent Christopher Robbins movie? No, I did not. There's this amazing moment where he wakes up in the Hundred Acre Wood, uh, Christopher Robbins, who's played by, what's his name? I don't remember. Anyway, he wakes up in the Hundred Acre Wood Christopher Robbins as an adult and he says, oh no, it's tomorrow when he looks at his his watch and Winnie the Pooh says, oh, that's weird. It's almost always today. Oh, Bl- yeah. Blew my mind. Oh. <laughs> ah. I love that. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love Winnie the Pooh so much. Yeah, oh. <laughs> lots to love. Lots to love. That's funny. It's almost always today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. That's so lovely. I am I am not I'm I'm not depressed, but I'm depressed. Hmm. I, and this goes back to my whole thing about how I don't think I ever find stable. Like mm-hmm. I am full of anxiety and self-doubt right now. I've been losing sleep over upcoming events that I can't talk about publicly yet. Um but like things the So like there's something coming up that if it happens, it means a major change in my life and I have to make adaptations before I can make that change. And uh, it's both sides of that are very stressful to me. And I have stressed dreams, even if I try to convince myself like there's nothing to stress about. Uh, it will keep me up all night and it's not mania. I wish it was mania, but it's just insomnia combined with depression and anxiety. And it's driving me insane right now. Um, and if this thing doesn't happen, then I have to cope with the idea that, you know, the things that I don't like aren't going to change, uh, which is a whole level of stress on its own. I wish I could say, right. I, I wish I could be more elaborate about what's happening. Cause I do much better when I can speak in plain terms. Let me ask you, I have a question. Have you ever seen the, um, <laughs> we started with poo and now I'm going to ask you about the feelings wheel. Have you, <laughs> have you ever seen that? No, I it's, don't know. It's, what it's that basically is. a, it's a wheel. <laughs> it's a circle, right? And there are one, two, three rings of that circle. Okay. In the center, are these emotions or feelings, anger, sadness, surprise, joy, love, and fear, right? But what it does in the next layer out, if we take fear, it gives you more words, scared, terror, insecure, nervous, horror, right? I have seen something like this. For terror, there's hysterical and panic. For scared, there's helpless and frightened. For insecure, there's inadequate and inferior. It's like, it's actually an amazing way to find the word I'm actually looking for? Because you're just saying I'm depressed, but I'm not depressed. I'm depressed. Yeah. Like, I would just be curious what would happen if you looked at that, because it does actually give you a language. And I will tell you that having known about this for a long time, my my partner's a therapist and just like left it out one day. I don't think intentionally for me. (laughs) And I remember just feeling like, wow, there is so much language to help me describe or even or even discover how I feel right now. Right. Yeah. When I get locked in the same few words. Okay. So I found it. I found it on the internets. And let's see. Scared. Where, let's see. Energetic, playful, creative, sad, mad. Oh, scared. Okay. So scared. I'm feeling insecure, foolish. Foolish. Am I feeling foolish? Ooh. No. Where's foolish? I it might have a different one. It goes scared, insecure, and then insecure just goes straight to foolish. There's no like oh, interesting. Mul- multiple I think there must there. be many different versions of the feeling wheel because for me, insecure goes to inadequate and inferior. And I'm not. Okay. I just grabbed one off the internet too. I don't inadequate. Even know. Inadequate makes more sense to me. Mm. Oh my god, yeah. Like every one of these feelings wheels is different. Yes, which is also cool. I, I, I found the one that that has inferior and and inadequate, and I'm feeling inadequate. Uh, mm. Like I can't. I feel like I can't. I can't keep doing what I'm doing because I'm not adequate, and I'm worried that I can't do what I want to do because I'm not adequate. Mm. Yeah, 
I'm feeling yeah. inadequate. That's my feeling that's inadequate. my mental health check in. I'm feeling inadequate. Yeah, yeah. Even though I've been told I'm perfectly adequate, both by my therapist and by my girlfriend and by the people in my life, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to convince myself that. Or is it yourself, your whole self that you have to convince, or is there just like a part of yourself that's going inadequate, inadequate it's, motherfucker? It's a part of myself. Like there's a part of me that's really proud of what I've done and what I am. Uh, but there's there's a small nagging but very loud part of me that is convinced that I will am not and never will be adequate. Um, I, I've resurfaced the dimspirations. I don't know if you remember my series. Um, Oh yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, of, of inspirational quotes turned upside down. And, uh, one of them is it's, it's true because it's loud shout your ever critical inner voice. (laughs) Um, and it's not imposter syndrome if it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, that motherfucker back in the box. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been, I've been recycling them. I'm starting to put them out again, but I, uh, I have some ideas for new ones. Uh, I feel like I, the intention is to ruin people's positive outlooks because I find them annoying, but the fact is the audience that they have is people who commiserate with the, the sentiment. Yeah. You don't want to be the one ruining people's positive outlook. No, probably not. But, but, but what you're doing actually, as you just said, is like, you're giving voice to something. I mean, it's a, it, those two, you gave us an example are funny because <laughs> it's something that we all experience to some degree or another for sure. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, my, uh, my check-in is like, you know how when you get strapped into the like roller coaster or one of those rides, they put you, they put those bar, they put that bar yeah. over you and it kind of locks. It's a little tight, but it is for me. I'm a big guy. Um, and then when the, when the roller coaster first goes, it just like jars you, right? Like you, it's kind of a jolting start. Yeah. Even if it's just going slow, I feel like I've been having that jolt, uh, about 17 times a day. It's just been a period of one thing after another. Today's example, uh, flat tire when I tried to take my kid to school this morning. Oof, I hate flat tires. And eye doctor appointment because there's just some kind of not necessarily scary vision stuff, but just not quite easy to understand vision stuff, right? These okay. just things keep popping up. <laughs> and, and uh, oh, here comes Christina. Yeah. Yeah, I'm entirely too pissed, I think, to be of any use at this podcast adventure. So you're not even turning on your video. You're like, motherfuckers, I am not coming in. <laughs> um, I don't know why it is not. Oh, it's not letting me change it. It's it's wanting to use my phone for some reason. I'm incredibly <laughs> pissed right now. It's okay. I mean, if you need to like just take a fucking run up a wall or something, but you're also welcome here. <laughs> yeah, no, well, like we, we want you here, but feel free to leave and come back and, and we'll, we'll like loop you into this mental health check-in. Yeah. My mental health <laughs> is basically, I've spent hours of my life trying to get Taylor Swift tickets and can't, and now all the tickets are gone. So I'm now going to have to pay God only knows how much for seats to go with my mom in Atlanta. I don't know how I'm going to get tickets to Seattle. I did get tickets to New York at least, but motherfucker, I swear to God, I am so fucking pissed right now. So do you need to, to bail and just keep trying? I'll check in with you guys later, but this is, this is the Christina angry appearance of overtired. Um, <laughs> should we, should we leave this in or edit no, it you out? Can keep it in. I don't care. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. We'll leave All right. It yeah. And pop, pop back in anytime. All right. I'll, po- I'll, I'll pop back in. You. Hopefully I'll be able to be successful at some point. All right. Bye. All right. All right. Good luck, Christina. All right. So we're stopping and starting on a roller coaster. You got some eye stuff going on. It's been a really uh, hard few weeks because little things have been going wrong constantly as big things are also going wrong constantly. (laughs) So one interesting thing um, is there is a nationwide Adderall and thereby Vyvanse shortage. Oh, really? I can't get a prescription from mine. I take a pretty small dose, 20 milligrams, although I was planning to 
jump up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, friends of mine who have been able to get it have only been able to get it by calling around to all sorts of different pharmacies oh, to see if they have any. Oftentimes finding luck with mom and pop pharmacies, but I would imagine that that's a phase that will be over quickly once everyone sure. realizes you yeah. just need to call the mom and pop right. pharmacies. And so for me, that hasn't been such a big deal. In fact, it just so happens I had a friend who had stopped taking it and had a bottle of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I've I was depended on the kindness of, of strangers before. Yeah. And so I was able to just kind of re up that way. Um, but just want to send, uh, send my, uh, my love and care out to anybody out there for whom it's a real problem that they can't, um, get a hold of that particular medication. Cause I know for yeah, some I, that, that it's, they, it's, it's, it's a lifesaver every day. And I also know that it being sort of an amphetamine, like, you know, you could make bad decisions trying to here, uh, fill that gap. <laughs> here's my concern. I have a refill coming up on Thursday. If uh, if I were to go, you know, three to four days without my Vyvanse, when I started again, three three plus days, when I started again, it is almost guaranteed to throw me into a manic episode. Oh, like uh, drug vacations do not work when you have bipolar. So for me to run out is not just a matter of not being able to focus for a few days. It's a matter of probably losing a, a week or more. I just realized because I've I've been I've been noticing the last couple of days. I feel pretty well treated for bipolar overall, yeah. um, but I do have periods where I feel like I, I'm sure this isn't how it works. But this is how it feels like it's in there. But it's not quite getting through, right? Yeah. And it pops out in certain ways, right? Yeah. Wow, I just filled that Amazon cart pretty full, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and close that, like that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, re- I'm, you're helping me to realize two things. One, that I should be paying close attention to that, given that I did take about a week off because I ran out. Yep. And then started at a higher dose. Yep, that'll fuck um, And also just... One more thing for me to worry about with people out there in the world who can't get it, and knowing that that can be uh, what happens if you if you have to take a break yeah. and come back to it. So that really yeah. sucks. Well, I mean, and it's not just like uh, being on stimulants long term fucks with your your brain's ability to produce things like dopamine and serotonin. Yeah. Um, it alters the way that your brain produces those chemicals, and right. when you are suddenly without something that your brain has depended on to produce something like dopamine um, going on and off of it can greatly affect the levels of those chemicals, which when you have a chemical imbalance like bipolar uh, can easily lead to swings in one direction or the other. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a bad situation. That's short. I don't, I don't have <laughs> a is. sense of how quickly it's supposed to, come back um what's but, sad uh, is if you really wanted to you could probably find cocaine pretty easily mm-hmm. um which is guaranteed to send you into a manic episode well and this know, is what but, i meant when i said you know it worries me because it is an amphetamine that it might be if somebody has a history or just knows how to get cocaine because they did it right mm-hmm. and is feeling a little desperate maybe that's you know a risk and so everybody out there be strong be strong. Be strong. I know exactly what bar to go to in town to find Coke. Any bar? And, yeah. <laughs> Any kitchen? Yeah. Like I know where I I know where all the Coke heads in town hang out. I know mm. exactly what bar to go to and and I won't. Um I yeah. don't I don't need that. My life is fucked up enough already. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of a mental health check-in. Um Otherwise, there's just been a lot of activity in my life that is like, I've been noticing partly because of medication, but I think also because I have remembered to remind myself how much I have been through in my life and how many hard things I have passed through and possibly hard things I have passed through. And I kind of had that talk with myself because there's so much coming up. And I've noticed that now when things like the jolt, what would have been the jolt? 
I actually don't even feel the jolt. I just kind of go, okay, we're pivoting. Now we've got a tire to be concerned about, you know? Um, and so <laughs> maybe that's my advice to anybody out there. I'm talking to all of you. You've already been through so much. You can get through this too, uh, is, is my advice. <laughs> Speaking of mental health, I'm going to take our first sponsor break. Quote, you just need to take better, better care of yourself, unquote, is not a response to mental health struggles. You know all too well you live with them. Sometimes you need something more to achieve a real and lasting breakthrough. Maybe it's time you check out a guided ketamine therapy program. MindBloom can help. MindBloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, offering a combination of science-backed medicine with clinician and guide support for people looking to improve their mental health and well-being. MindBloom connects patients to licensed psychiatric clinicians to help them achieve better outcomes with lower costs, greater convenience, and an artfully crafted experience. To begin, take MindBloom's online assessment to determine if MindBloom is right for you. If approved, you'll schedule a video consult with a licensed clinician where you'll discuss your goals and expectations for mental health treatment. MindBloom will send you a kit in the mail complete with medicine, treatment materials, and tips for getting the most out of your experience. After only two sessions, 87% of MindBloom clients reported improvements in depression and 85% reported improvements in anxiety. It's time to enter the next chapter in mental health and well-being. Let MindBloom guide you. Right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com overtired and use promo code overtired at checkout. Go to mindbloom.com slash overtired, promo code overtired, for $100 off your first six-session program today. That's mindbloom.com slash overtired, promo code overtired. Brett. Yes. You have an NV Ultra update. I do. Is it a big update? A little update? A medium update? No, it's more of like a what the fuck's going on update. You mean uh, you're going to answer that question, not yeah. you're asking it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I had a I had a meeting with my co-author of NV Ultra, Fletcher, right before this podcast, and we haven't talked for a couple months, and uh, things have been kind of like we've just been putting out beta updates to keep it from expiring while while we sort through some shit. Um, Fletcher has a lot going on. He is essentially the only person who can uh, solve some of the bugs. Like he, he, he owns the code for a good portion of NB Ultra, and I am entirely dependent on him to fix certain things. And uh, we had a meeting today. We we went through our checklist of what's stopping us from releasing our 1.0. Uh, figuring out what what is you know a showstopper like what has to be done before 1.0 and what we can do after an initial release and we we narrowed it down to like three things uh two bugs for him to solve one one thing for me to uh look further into and uh and then basically testing for store kit uh, allowing us to have in-app purchases on the Mac App Store, and and we're at 1.0. We can finally. I don't. It's been years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like this has been in progress for years, and and I was starting to lose hope. Um, it was going the way of. Do you remember Bitwriter? Yes. Like I had this. I keep hitching my wagon to other people's stars because I'm not confident enough to put out something that people. Like with an app like NVAlt, uh, you are going to put your entire knowledge base into that app. And the idea of data loss of something going wrong and you yeah. losing your knowledge base is terrifying to me. Oh, like being responsible for other people's knowledge bases is terrifying. And I've yeah. never wanted to do that on my own and be solely responsible for someone losing years worth of notes. Um, 
which is why I've always leaned towards having any app I work with work with a folder full of markdown files that basically can't be corrupted. Like there's no way to lose a folder full of markdown files short of losing your entire hard drive. Yeah. Um, which is the way I used NBL. It's the way we built NB Ultra. It's the way that Bitwriter was going to be built. Um, but I've still wanted help from people that I trusted more than myself, which is why uh, Fletcher and I teamed up or why I teamed up with Fletcher. So we've got a great product. Anyone on the beta knows that it's something that you can use every day as a daily driver. I use I it can, every day. I can vouch for that. I use it every day. I love it. I, I I don't know what I would do without it. I would probably switch to Obsidian, but Obsidian, uh, the the text editor in Obsidian is not ideal for my needs. It's not compatible with services and pop clip pop clip extensions. And honestly, I just want NB Ultra to reach maturity. Um, but I think so. Do I hear you're saying you're very very close? I, well, I've been saying, I've been telling everyone we're very, very close for like a couple years now. Okay, let's upgrade to very, very, very close. Very, very, very close. Uh, like we have narrowed it down to three to-do items. And the only one that is a real showstopper is getting the purchase mechanism set up. And honestly, if we run into further trouble with that, I'm just going to put the app out on like Paddle, for example, uh, skip the Mac app store and just make it something people can purchase directly. I was hoping you were going to say Pirate Bay. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Uh, if you if you care to pirate it, there's really nothing you can't pirate. Um, Brett, that's exciting. I know, I yeah. know from knowing you what a journey this has been and, um, <laughs> and I can't imagine, but I do know. Um, and, and I love the app and I'm really happy for you that you're very, very, very close. Very, very, very. Each one being one of the three items you have to tick off <laughs> each very. <laughs> yes. So as that's we how check, we'll do it from now on, as we check them off, we'll get less and less very close. Excellent. It's <laughs> fantastic, man. Um, so I wrote, I wrote a NordVPN script. Yeah. Cats. Yeah. Do you, and, and we've done it before. You've heard it before. I still find it funny. What about a random word generator? What do you, what do you got for me? I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll Random word generator. Great Wilco song. No, that's a random name generator. Great Wilco song. <laughs> All right, let's see. Randomwordgenerator.com. Way to lock that one down. <laughs> Man. Uh, a adjectives? All adjectives. <laughs> and uh, we want three words. Here we go. Uh, generate. Concerned insidious curly. <laughs> okay. I uh, <clears throat> go ahead, Brett. <clears throat> I am a huge fan of concerned insidious curly television. Oh, yeah. Which honestly, you can't find a lot of in the US. Mm -hmm. um, none of them are available in my region. And if they were, I wouldn't necessarily want anyone to know about this obsession with concerned insidious curly television. Yeah. I'd like to enjoy those sweet consternations in privacy. Oh. Well, let me introduce NordVPN. With NordVPN, I can switch my virtual location on my device with one click, and I can access streaming services from over 60 countries at no extra cost. Preser presumably, one of those 60 countries believes in concerned Insidious curly television. Well, the acronym, and this is funny, it's CIC, but it's pronounced sick. Sick. Uh, mm -hmm. Believes in sick, sick television. television. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you've probably heard that VPNs are great for online protection, but they slow down your internet speed, always buffering right before you see some of that insidious curly action. Luckily, NordVPN is the fastest VPN in the world. I don't even notice it running, so I can stream and browse online with no buffering or lagging, as insidious as it gets. I can even play insidious curly 
Help me out. Sick. I can even play sick TV <laughs> games with no pause. Furthermore, NordVPN prevents my internet service provider from bandwidth throttling, so I have consistently reliable, insidious love. It's the price of a cup of coffee every month and far less than adopting your own insidious, curly... Concerned, insidious, curly, throttling, buffering... So it's a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and a and access to a vast amount of entertaining content from all over the world. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash overtired to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash overtired. Go grab this amazing deal. That's a huge discount and four months for free. Start surfing securely at nordvpn.com slash overtired. And if you have any questions for Brett um, about this particular subgenre, you can reach him at me at concernedinsidiouscurly.limo. Dot limo. You got you to gotta grab those dot limo addresses while you can. That, that TLD is going to go fast. <laughs> we did all right with that that was good we've done worse that was a fun uh let's see sick sick hmm. <laughs> why is nordvpn the only one we fuck with i want to fuck with all of our sponsor reads but nordvpn has been the most lenient about letting us just do whatever we want to with it yeah as long as as long as we get that call to action just right call to action yep Called it the, uh, called the, uh, the CTA, mm. as the, as they say in the biz, as they say in the biz. Do you uh, do you know of any other podcasts that listeners might be interested in? Oh yeah, um, yeah, Daddy. Um, yes, Daddy. One second. <laughs> I got to get back to our show. Okay, notes. I got to preface. I got to preface this read with: we had to rewrite it because nobody on this podcast was comfortable saying the word "Daddy." As many times as it came up in the in the copy that they gave us, so Jeff valiantly rewrote this to say the word "daddy" less often. Our podcast swap this week is with the Better Call Daddy Show. Host Rena Friedman Watts interviews guests like Jerry Springer. Man, that's a name. Uh, mm-hmm. Judge Alex, Nanny Yvonne, and Johnny Spoiler. <laughs> no relation. Each <laughs> each episode, Rena interviews the guest with her father, Wayne Friedman, weighing in at the interview's conclusion. You can tune in to Better Call Daddy at you may have guessed it, bettercalldaddy.com. Thank you, Better Call Daddy. Damn it, I still said daddy a lot. Better call daddy dot limo. That we, I, I don't know. They probably bought that up. You know, you always try to buy a few of the more popular ones. I feel like that's a completely different site. <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm still trying to shake off saying daddy so much. Um, Brad, I did something kind of fucked up. Okay. I, uh, it's been just a wild couple of weeks and it's hard for me to focus and I needed a project for mornings and for night. Um, and so I decided for one day I was going to, uh, sort all of my books by Library of Congress catalog number, um, <laughs> just to see uh, if it um, sort of grouped my books in ways that were interesting to me. And um, <laughs> and so <laughs> that takes a lot. It takes a lot of work. You gotta. You might think you just have to go inside the book. That's true. It's usually there. But for I would say a third of the books, what it says is that Library of Congress ID has been applied for. And it's not actually written in there. So you have to go <laughs> searching for it. And if you're me, you want to find the right edition and all this stuff. And so I wrote it on all my books. I wrote, I wrote the Library of Congress uh, uh, ID on a post-it note. And, um, and I sorted them all that way, which was awesome because I am at a point where I need to get rid of some books. And I've already gotten rid of a lot. But I also am at a point where like, I'm kind of just bored with how I organize my books. I just, <laughs> the ones that you're not reading, like if you want to keep them, but you're not reading them, you just, mm-hmm. I want, I need to do something. 
Um, something to keep me from reading them. So you, you so need some reason. Them. You need to justify keeping them around. I need to. Yeah, right. That too. Um, but it was, I mean, I don't know if anybody out there with a lot of books thinks this is interesting, but it was actually quite cool to see how it grew to different books. And I was kind of surprised by some things, but I, I have one little kind of comical tidbit. If, And I know you expected the comedy was coming soon. I knew it would be. There is a um, black theologian who was a professor of uh, my partners at Union Theological Seminary in New York City. It's a very progressive storied seminary. It was awesome to live there. Raphael Warnock actually overlapped with our time there by a year as a student. Um, Topical. uh, (laughs) Yeah, just getting that news hook in. Um, (laughs) But anyway, there's this this guy, James Cohn, who um, is like... (laughs) a really, really well-known and beloved radical black theologian. Um, and in the, I think it was the seventies wrote a book called black liberation theology. Um, and it was an incredible book kind of merging black power with some theologies that were emerging in Latin America and just generally coming out with something incredibly crisp and badass and, and just powerful as hell. Anyway, James Cohn, may he rest in peace. Uh, I was looking at his Library of Congress number, and the way that the Library of Congress numbers work, thank you for asking, is you'll have like, it'll be like HN183.A44, you know, and then the year, right? Like, and the letters at the top tell you a subject and a, and a like, you know, whatever, the next level of subject. But the author's name is represented by the the... I can't believe I'm doing this. The author's name is represented by the the first letter of the author's last name and then a number. Okay. Okay. So I look at James Cohn's book and I look at his library of Congress number and I look at his author ID, which is C666. How awesome is that? Oh, no. There's some trivia. theologian? When I was a kid, um, I'm talking five, six, seven years old. I, I collected rocks. That was my thing. I was going to grow up. I was going to be a geologist and I collected rocks and uh, my parents to encourage my endeavors would let me hang out with geologists, which for people who believe the earth is 6,000 years old was a bold bold move on their part. Right. Um, Because the rocks uh, (laughs) tell the truth. (laughs) Right. So but I had a collection of I don't I don't know exactly how many, but less than a hundred, less than a hundred specimens. Uh, but I had collected I had collected crystals and 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 rocks from all over the world, and I decided I was going to create a cataloging system. Oh and like the first two letters were country of origin, and then there was like a four-digit uh, number that represented like region and whoa, then ho, 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 ho. how old were you when you were coming up with your own naming convention? I'm going to say six. Fuck. Okay, go ahead. Is the same year? Is the same year I started programming when I was six years old and I developed this. It was, I think, ultimately like an 11 digit serial number for each wow. of these rocks in my collection. And I would carefully on the back of the of the specimen like put down like a, a layer of white out in like an oval and then and then paint in the serial number yes. for the rock. And then I would have an index card catalog <sighs> of all of my specimens so I could look at a rock and I could flip through the catalog and locate all of the information on that particular specimen. And honestly, like it wasn't necessary. I could have just put a card with each one in its little display case. But the idea yeah. of developing a system, a catalog system for my collection was so appealing to me. I, I really got off on like the whole idea of catalog systems. Okay, hold on, hold on. Listeners, everybody, you too, Danny Glamour, pay attention. Let's all go back in time and give this little boy a big hug. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> That is amazing. And then they sent me to they sent me to a school for the gifted and talented and my life really took off from there. <laughs> Did you um do you have those anymore? Uh I have some of the I have some of the specimens. Yeah, and some of them still have the old catalog numbers on them, but I've long since 
lost track of the cataloging system. So the numbers are gibberish to me now. Do you have them in your house? Yeah. Will you take a picture for the show uh, image? I'll see what I can find. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Man, I love that. I love that so much. And that it co- that it coincided with you starting programming. I mean, <laughs> my God. So now, like, I remember once having a long conversation with you about tagging. And now I, if we were to do that again, I, I would just couldn't help but see that little boy in you <laughs> as you talked about it. Not just the like adult computer genius. <laughs> well, and I ran, I ran into the same problems when I started programming, uh, which was like I had friends uh, who were taking calculus in third grade. Um, like I went to a school for gifted and talented and I always felt like the imposter there. Um, and these friends would like, I'm working with logo. You remember logo? I mean, I know what it is, but I I didn't use it. And I'm drawing like floor plans for a house with, with logo and they're creating fractals and Mm. they're teaching me like, well, it's obviously if you do this in this pattern, it's going to create a, and it's blowing my mind at, you know, seven years old. And, uh, like I've always suffered from this, like, I can do this, but I can never do it as well as the people around me. Mm, Um, so that started really young for me. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I hear you, man. I have a friend who composed or, or not composed, but played, um, Beethoven on an eight bit sound card. Um, like monophonic, like, so to make it sound like you were playing a chord, you had to sequence, uh, multiple notes in, in rapid enough succession that it was, that it would audibly sound like a chord. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which you can find on like old Atari games and everything. Totally. But, But it takes, it takes some genius. And I have a friend who pulled off like an entire symphony. Wow. Eight bit sound card. I've That's always awesome. been surrounded by people way smarter than me. Oh. See, I you know what though, <laughs> you're you're making me think about myself here because I I have said exactly that so many times, and it's interesting to me on the other side of that where I kind of want to be like, are they way smarter than you though? <laughs> right? Like, <But> really? <laughs> sincerely, sincerely. I yes. I know. Sometimes it is just the truth. <laughs> I definitely get it. I definitely get it. <laughs> Should we do some gratitude? Yeah, let's do some gratitude. Okay. You go first. Okay, I will start. Um Affinity, you know, like Affinity Photo Publisher Designer. Yes. Uh they they make uh all of the amazing uh Adobe uh competition. Yep. Uh, for like Photoshop and Illustrator, uh, they just came out with version two of all three of their apps, oh, uh, wow. designer and photo and publisher. And they're, they're good. My pick for today is, is affinity photo two. Okay. Um, there, there are new features in all of them, but affinity photo two adds like they, so the layer palette it was always workable, but there were always things about it that bugged me in version one. Um, like it was hard to move, uh, child layers around, uh, you couldn't tell the difference at a glance between like, a, a mask layer and an adjustment layer. Um, like they fixed all of that completely reworked the, the layers palette. They added non-destructive raw editing so you can reprocess a raw photo at any time. Oh, wow. Um, like cool stuff, like live masks for adjustment layers, uh, and you can apply, adjustment layers to like hue and luminosity ranges, which is there's some really cool effects there. Uh, live mesh warp, like they've always had mesh warp, but it's been a little annoying. What is mesh warp? Uh, basically imagine you put a grid over a photo and then you drag points in the grid and to warp them and it adjusts the photo smoothly underneath it. Cool. I've never done that. <laughs> great for, great for like aligning, aligning things in a, in a, photo that are need more than just a rotation where you actually have to like shift like liquid liquid warping yeah um and they added webp export finally um but there's it's a ton of new stuff it's totally i think it's like for a hundred dollars you can upgrade all three applications um 
And, wow. and so I, I did, I'm exploring them right now. I have only dug into photo cause that's the one I use the most. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great, update. the, there's a, there's a thing about their iPad app and there's an amazing image of a zebra and they've made it look like a large <laughs> balloon is pulling its stripes off. I was like, that is they, some, that is some deep thinking, man. <laughs> their, their marketing materials, like it's gorgeous. The, this stuff they put together using their own apps, it, it sells itself. Like yeah. they're such amazing compositions that, yeah, you're like, oh, if I could have an app that could make that, yeah, I'll pay for That's it. That's awesome. And it's like 60 bucks per app. Nice. And compared to what you pay for like Adobe Creative Suite. Monthly. Uh, they're, yeah, they're a steal. Um, they're so good. So you're a developer. I'm I'm wondering what it must be like to put out uh, version two of all three of your seriously major apps at a time. <laughs> oh my God. I don't remember. I don't yeah. feel like I've seen that happen often. No, probably not. But they also link their apps together such that like right now you can drag a publisher file into a photo document and then change the page. Like you could apply like a, so you put a magazine into your photo document yeah. and then you apply a mesh warp to like curl a page up <laughs> then with that live mesh warp applied you can change which page is showing in the in the uh publisher document whoa um so everything like ties together such that they almost have to almost have to yeah release it all at once yeah but it's a huge undertaking i don't know how many developers they have on staff but it's it's got to be a significant amount that is amazing. That is amazing, man. Can I do a, a quick follow up on a on a past uh, gratitude? <laughs> yeah. Last yeah, night, yeah. last night I met um, somebody. Had dinner with somebody who writes um, Marvel comics, and she um, also is a YA uh, novelist. And okay. And I asked her because I just had a feeling anybody who's doing all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you use Scrivener, don't you? <laughs> and she's like, Yep, I sure do. <laughs> And uh, what was fun is something I only know from your previous podcast, uh, Systematic, is that that is, is or at least was built by a single person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel yeah, like he has he has a he has a developer on staff now. OK. OK. Um, that. But yeah, the original Scrivener 1.0 was developed by a single developer and it is such a complete and and really complex application that even with two people, it's still an outstanding piece of software. And what's so unique about it is like of all the nerd software that, you know, might come up from the three of us on Graptitude. Um, yeah. That is the one that, man, it's reach is so far. Like people that yeah. don't otherwise do any kind of Mac nerd stuff or just like nerd right. software. Yeah. They are all over Scrivener. Cause it's a pro level app. It's not, it's not what you would consider indie software, even though it very much is right. Right. Uh, but it, but like professional writers rely on Scrivener and it has quite a good reputation. It is in the writing community. Truly amazing. So, and I have other stuff like that. Most of my gratitude is just follow up. One is Christina had talked about VHS, a tool from charm bracelet, which makes such good stuff like bubble gum. Um, which allows you to write terminal GIFs as code. Um, and somebody took that and recreated sci-fi terminals from movies we all love, including Matrix, um, including Jurassic Park, War Games, of course, Alien. And it just is such a cool way to show you what VHS is capable of, but it's also just fun on its own. Um, and so I want to put that there. That was Christina's pick VHS a couple weeks ago. Um, and then for me, like, I, I just want to like shout out again to Firefox containers, um, it, starting with their Facebook container, which just like allows you to open Facebook, work in Facebook. I mean, sorry, open Facebook, look at Facebook without Facebook being able to get its dirty little fingers all over everything else you've opened. Filthy paws, <laughs> filthy paws. Um, and what's so cool about it is they took, they went from there to letting you create any kind of container. So like I have a container for my banking stuff and I have a container for um, one G Gmail account, which means I can have another container for another Gmail account. And so I can have all this stuff yeah. open. But the cool thing is 
you can make it so that whenever you go to that um, URL in the future, it automatically opens in the right container. And that is just like such a beautiful thing. I'm so grateful to them because I've been on Facebook more lately than I have in the past. And it's just so nice to know that I've got it in a little maximum security prison. And I can, if I want Zuckerberg to come out, I can let him out. But uh, otherwise he stays in. You're here. Hi. I'm here. Yes. I just wanted to throw in that I watched uh, an entire day and a half of GitHub Universe. And it was a delight to see you on screen doing like a real Today Show kind of vibe. <laughs> yes. Between, that was, that was between all of the talks. Yeah. It, it was, it, you were very good. I was very impressed. I could not be on as much as you were on for a day and a half. It was exhausting just watching you. Like, that would be so emotionally draining for me. Uh, and, and thank you for saying that. It was it was really fun. But yeah, no, it was sort of exhausting. And then it was, what was great about the event, what I loved about it, but it also just added to the exhaustion, would be I would step off stage and try to kind of like, I couldn't, I really couldn't attend sessions, unfortunately, but I'd walk around and interact with people. And I would run into people that I knew who some of them I haven't seen in years and then, you know, immediately have to get into conversations and stuff. And yeah, so it was right. just like, you're like literally never able to, like we had a green room and, and we did go in that from time to time. But for the most part, like, yeah, you're just not ever allowed a time like, to like, it would be fun to do off. one or the other to, to host or to greet, you know, all your old friends. Uh, but to do both, that's a, that's a real playful. No, it was a lot, but it was really fun. And, and I'm glad you watched. And I, I'm glad, um, did you uh, did you like the content? I thought there were some really good sessions yeah. and stuff in there. Yeah, it was excellent. I I love GitHub. I love everything GitHub's doing. Yeah, I I do too. Uh, uh, okay, so my pick of the week actually is going to be, and I'm sorry that this is an ad, but it's not because it's cool. GitHub Code Spaces because it's now free for everybody for sixty hours a month. So Code Spaces is actually incredibly cool. So the idea is basically it's more than just VS Code in your browser because there are some other things that can kind of do that, but it's basically like a whole dev environment in your browser or in your local dev editor or on your iPad or whatever the case may be. So the idea is basically using the remote um, uh, development extension, which is what this is based on, which has been probably the single biggest like game-changing developer thing in my life, basically, I have to say. Like... So you remember, well, obviously you remember, you would, but but uh, listeners might remember, uh, you know, TextMate had like the the remote TextMate extension that was in Ruby where you could basically be in a terminal and then you could just type in, you know, mate, whatever, and then you could open your files and your terminal and whatnot in TextMate. And that was yep. great. Okay. So what if you could do that, but in addition, you could also have access to all the files in a project you could have all like the build environment variables, you could run something, you could test it, and it didn't have to locally be on your machine. You didn't have to have the dependencies installed on your machine. You didn't have to have and Docker set up. You didn't have up. to run a container. Yeah, you didn't exactly. Yeah, you didn't have to have Docker set up. You didn't have to deal with Kubernetes. You didn't even necessarily have to be on like the same platform of what you were building on. Um, but you could still do it from like either your local VS Code instance, or if you wanted to, you could do it from a web browser. Well, that mm -hmm. is... Um, uh, GitHub code spaces. And so the idea is you can create a dev container.json file, and that's an open standard that a lot of people are using, like JetBrains is using it, a lot of people are using it to basically, in your repository, set up all your project files and basically be like, this is the um, the, the the container, essentially, or, or the VM that I would want this project to run in and how I would want to access it. Um, but you can also do really cool things like you can say, these are the extensions that I want to have automatically installed. And these are like the, the settings that I want to have automatically imported. These are the dot files that I want to have automatically using. Yeah. And they can be done like on a per repository basis. And then you spin it up, you use it. It is, it is happening on the cloud, but the way that it happens is actually remarkably fast. So like what's happening locally on your end feels native and then any of like if you're you know running tests or, or builds or whatever that's what's happening on the cloud meaning that you can like we use this at github and the github github repository is like we use like 64 cores for it because it's a massive monorepo <laughs> and you know this would be the sort of thing that if you're trying to do a build on your own machine even on an m1 it could be a really long process 
Um, yeah. and, and also would be something that you wouldn't necessarily want to have to like dedicate all the resources on your machine to, right? Like, okay, I'm yeah. just trying to do a build. I have other shit I need to do. Yeah, because you're only work, working with a fraction of it. You exactly, don't build, exactly. Yeah. And, and this is where Codespaces, I think, is really great for a lot of scenarios. A, for really big things where you might need more, more power. But B, I think like one of the ways that we've seen a lot of people use this, and this is why I'm really excited that we now have kind of a free plan available for everyone, which we've worked really hard um, to, to get and, and that we, we hope will be competitive and that people will like, um, is that like if you're A, in the classroom, I think it's really beneficial, but whether you're like, you know, high school or college students, or if you're doing, you know, like, like upskilling or people who are learning to code, like it's a lot easier to give people kind of like a preset environment to play with than it yeah, is sure. to be like, hey, for this workshop, like this is actually a great example. Like even if you're a well like adept developer, if you're taking a workshop and the first half of it, like oftentimes they'll give you pre-homework where they're like, hey, yeah, you're gonna need to yeah, yeah, you're gonna need to set up this environment and you're need, going to need to have all this stuff done before we even get started. If instead you can just, you know, go to a repo and, and click an open code spaces button, that changes so many things. Um, but it also, I think like will make it easier. Like if, if you want to commit something to a code base, right? Like if you are wanting to contribute something to someone's open source project, but again, I don't necessarily want to have to install all the dependencies and containerize everything that's going on just so I can make a commit. Like I might actually want to make some changes, but I don't want to have to necessarily set all that stuff up. Right. Like I, I think that um it's uh there are a lot of ways where both like where people of developers of all backgrounds can really take advantage of it. I've been using this since um it was called Visual Studio Code Spaces. And um before that, a lot of us at Microsoft were using the remote code extension, which is what all of this is kind of based off of to run things like in VMs or in our closets or whatnot, like on like Raspberry Pis or on servers or other mm -hmm. things to basically be like, we were like trying to figure out, hey, how can we get co um, code, uh, Visual Studio Code running on uh, a web browser? So I've been using a variation of this for a number of years now. I love it. And then the, the thing that we announced at uh, GitHub Universe is that Codespaces is now free for all, um, it's, it used to only be available to uh, teams and like enterprises. And now it's available to everybody for 60 hours a month. And so um, if you want to have a more powerful VM, if you want to use it for more time, then you pay. But uh, it's free for everybody for 60 hours a month. And uh, uh, that was a really, really long uh, kind of ad. But, <laughs> but, but I also those, but I think it's really cool. For those, for those who missed GitHub Universe, that was your taste of, of, the, of the brilliance that came out of <laughs> GitHub Universe this year. Yeah, yeah, that was that was an exciting announcement. Yeah, I actually haven't played with Code Spaces. I think um, you would love it. I think you would love it. Even like Oracle doesn't even have an enterprise account. Uh, we we have whatever we we pay per seat for mm -hmm. teams Pro for teams, right? Yeah, but but we don't have uh, we don't have enterprise, so I haven't played with this yet. Uh, definitely going to explore it now, though. Yeah, no, I th I think you should. You, I think you'll like it a lot. Um, like I said, like it just it makes just doing even small things a lot easier. Um, what I love about it is I switch between computers a lot, and I don't always know what I have locally set up. And um, like I, I did some demos of Code Spaces when I was in Tel Aviv, and I I hadn't been at GitHub very long when I did that, and I like showed off. I was like, hey, this is a .NET project. I don't have .NET installed. I like yeah. opened up my terminal, showed them it is not installed. Then using <laughs> VS code, like I didn't even use the web browser. Like I opened a code space instance and uh, then I was like using the terminal in code spaces. And I was like, look, here it is, you know, like nice. yeah, all the stuff that's is awesome. there. So it's really cool. Uh, I think you'll like it a lot. Um, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's good stuff. So yeah, code spaces is my pick of the week. Awesome. All right. Well, you uh, you showed up for what's uh, twenty minutes of the show? Ten minutes. Um, eleven minutes. Ten. Eleven. Jesus. All right. <laughs> so you have no idea what else we've talked about. I have no clue. But, but I will um, listen. I'll, I will listen. 
Did you listen to last week's? I with, didn't. Uh, with, with Brian and Quinn? No, I didn't, but I will I, go back and listen I, to it. I, I recommend checking it out. It was It's it's two hosts from the Technically Queer pro- podcast. Oh, awesome. Uh, you, you've met Brian before. Of Quinn course. was a delight. Uh, definitely, if anyone missed that last episode, it was it was just me out of the three co-hosts uh with with the technically queer podcast awesome. or two of them yeah it it, it I, I think it came out great i loved it that's great um but thanks for showing up i'm sorry you didn't get uh all the tickets you were hoping for well i got the ones for new york which that's great but i really wanted to go with my mom and it is now going to cost us significantly more money <laughs> i'm so sorry yeah so but, instead of being like, but it's like, going to work out. It's going to work out. It will. It's just instead of paying fifteen hundred dollars, I might wind up paying like thirty six hundred dollars, and that's insane. It, it is insane, but <laughs> um, but at least I got floor seats in New York, and the 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 New York show Phoebe Bridgers is opening for. So that's exciting. awesome. Yeah. But I still anyway. haven't checked her out. I still need to. I still need to familiarize myself. I thought you had. I with, thought. I thought. I thought. Phoebe. I thought you had. No, I told you I would, and I never did. Okay, because like you, she of all of them, like she actually is your shit, like unabashedly. Okay. Like unabashedly. Right. I will. I will. I will redouble my efforts. Yeah. She's awesome. Right. Well, thanks for showing up for a little bit, Christine. Appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, yeah, sorry for just coming in hot. You like literally got me when I was like at my hottest. I was like at my hottest. I was like motherfucker. I feel like if if Jeff hasn't edited that part out at this point, uh, I I feel like it's a it's a good comedic break from the oh, mental it is. health corner. Honestly, it kind of is. Honestly, if he if he doesn't edit it out, honestly, it should just be like a bonus thing that we put on Instagram. And Christina right. appears and brings chaos. Completely changes the vibe. Chaotic evil. Indeed. Um, Hey, get some sleep. Get some sleep, right? The system is going down low.